All right, Faith Promise, how are we doing this weekend? It is great to see you. Merry Christmas. Matter of fact, in your chair, when you arrived at all of our campuses this weekend, you received your gift. It is the new devotion for 2018. The theme for 2018 is on the cover, New Rivers, New Roads, out of Isaiah chapter 43, 18 and 19. And we are absolutely committed and believe with all that we are that 2018 is going to be the greatest year that any of us have ever experienced. So don't get ahead of us. But go ahead and take in the back of the book and work, do your personal growth plan, get your word for 2018, get ready, but grab this this weekend. It will not be out next weekend because we'll have 15,000 people and they will take them all. And so we'll have them out this weekend and, and then we'll have them out the last weekend, the 31st, and then we, will, then we launch our Bible reading plan, personal growth plan on the 1st, going to be off the chart. Well, welcome to all of our campuses. We love Christmas. It is literally one of our favorite times of the year as we celebrate the, the birth, as we, as we celebrate the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Now think about it. What an incredible night it must have been 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. Now can you imagine, today we get invitations to Christmas parties, but can you imagine receiving an invitation to the first Christmas when God became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Glory is the only begotten Father full of grace and truth. So creative, so miraculous is our God. When something spectacular is happening on earth, something even more spectacular is happening in heaven and it's happening in people's hearts because that's how our God moves. So if you're visiting with us this weekend, maybe you're in. Uh, with family or friends, we're so thrilled that you chose to be here with us. makes our worship even more meaningful. We're thrilled that you're here. Welcome, welcome. Uh, it is incredible. Uh, last weekend, we talked, we, we, we talked about that we are a watchman, accepting our responsibility as watchmen to get the good news out, the good news that God has made a way for us to go to heaven to miss all of judgment. So this weekend, we're going to look at the crossover of Christmas. I love that phrase, the crossover of Christmas. And we believe starting this Thursday night at the Pellissippi campus, Friday night at some of the other campuses, Saturday night at some of the other campuses, and through Sunday, we are going to cross over as we experience the Christmas spectacular. I'm believing 15,000 people will be here. Y'all believe we can see that happen? 15,000 people. Hundreds of people really receiving a revelation of God, of the true meaning of Christmas, that Jesus came and dwelt among us, that he paid the path, that he paid our way to heaven. So what we're going to do, we are going to help real people with real problems find real love of Jesus Christ. Now understand, we realize that, that we're positive faith people, but with 8,000 people this weekend, there are lots of real people with real problems, aren't there? Matter of fact, for some people, you're not even looking forward to Christmas. This will be your first Christmas alone, or maybe you're on the other side of the America from your family, or, or, or maybe you're going through a, a difficult divorce. There's no telling what's going on with all the people at all of our campuses this weekend. God, by and bars, there's some of you guys that never dreamed that you would be where you are this weekend. And so even in the midst of the mess, we believe that God can do a great work because of what he did Christmas. So, so at every campus, at all of our lobbies, and at all of our IP resources, there are cards you can grab. 
You can use those to invite. You can uh, get it out there. You can hand those cards. You can actually go to the Faith Promise Facebook page, and you can go to the Christmas Spectacular, like, and that, at, that, those videos will go to your Facebook. I don't know how that happens. It's sort of magic to me, but you can do that. And we'll get the word out to literally hundreds of thousands of people via social media. Listen, the devil's used social media, internet long enough. Let's use it for God. Amen? So get, it, get the word out. Get the word out. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Now, I, I want you to understand, I will never, ever ask you to do something that I do not already do. Michelle and I, that's just not how we lead. And so... We start, you've heard me talk about, we started a small group. She and I started fa- uh, CrossFit, actually. She does CrossFit. I go with her. And so we're at, at CrossFit, and most people there really didn't go to church, so we started a small group with our CrossFitters. And all those people started coming to church, that, that, and so it was incredible. So we told the, the, our, our small group, hey, let's do a block party, invite all the CrossFitters and the people that work, their businesses are next door. So we did. Last Monday night, we, I fried four turkeys. Our small group cooked food. We invited all the people at that gym, that CrossFit box, and then all of man, we had about 75 people come and go, and we probably invited 50 people to the Christmas Spectacular through doing that. So listen. God is a creative God, is he not? Man, use, use innovative ways to invite people, and, and that's what we did, and it was incredible, incredible. So now, last weekend, we all realized that we agreed that knowledge equals responsibility. Is that right? And so we're learning how we can invite, how we're going to deal with everyone, the people that we meet to invite them, not just to Christmas Spectacular, but to all of our weekend services, that it's our duty, amen, as watchmen. Is that right? And so what we're, at, what we're going to do this weekend is we're talking about the crossover of Christmas and how we can prepare our hearts and pray for the people that, that they're going to come next week and what God is going to do. So let me encourage you uh, in your family, to, if you do not have this tradition, let me give you a tradition. Somewhere over the holiday, the Christmas holiday, would you take an, an evening and just read the, read the story of, of Christmas out of the book of Matthew and the book of Luke? We're going to look at those. We started, actually, they had already done it, Michelle's family, when I was, when I married Michelle, got involved in that family. We did it. Then we had kids, and Michelle's brother had kids, and they would act out the Christmas story. And then now our kids are too big to act out the Christmas story, and pretty soon our grandkids will be acting out the Christmas story. And we'll be reading the Christmas story at our house with our family, just like Michelle's family taught her to read that. So I want to encourage you, take that. Does that make sense? If you've got children, use the Advent calendar that our, that our uh, kids' team created for you. Walk through that with your kids. Pastor Gina, her team globally, do, they do an incredible job. Because if they promise, we love kids, right? Amen? We love kids. And so we love them so much, we create an experience every weekend for kids, preschool and children, targeted to their age group with adults that love them and care for them and teach them and walk them through the gospel. It's amazing. That's what We want to find a place for every kid to belong and believe, to understand early what the... Don't you wish some of you that you'd have gotten saved earlier not walked through some of the stupid crap you walked through? Does that make sense? So, man, we are so committed to that with students and all the way down. That's why Christmas Spectacular is a very family-friendly event. Again, there, there are, there'll be services. You know, it's, it's 
hey, Pell, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, uh, 6 to 9, 9 to 12 on Sunday, and there, you'll see the times. I think we've already given them to you. We'll give them to you again in the service. If, in case you're not bringing grandkids or kids, you just want to come uh, to the service. But, but all these things, all these stations, ornament making, you know, uh, cookie making, cr- pictures with Santa. Again, if you hate Santa, just don't have your picture made with him. It's not a problem. You're not going to hurt Santa's fault. Feelings. And so why? Why do we do that? Because we want to do what Jesus did. Jesus, the first Christmas, he crossed over from heaven to earth. We want to cross over from church out to reaching people in this world that have not yet experienced God's real love. Is that right? And so that's why we do what we do. I know, listen, most churches cannot do what we do. There are churches that we mentor and we said, hey, we're going to have Santa Claus. And they said, we'd be fired. I said, I got that. See, our church is so committed to winning people far from God that we'll do anything short of sin. Is that right? Come on. So here's the deal. Before there was a cross and before there was an Easter, there was a crossover on Christmas. It it was incredible. Three things, and there are multiplied things that happened on Christmas, but three things I want us to hit quickly this morning. The crossover of Christmas changed relationships, it changed worship radically, and it changed leadership. It changed kingship as people. So what we're believing, praying together, is that over Christmas spectacular, people will step over, cross over from death into life. That's what the Bible says salvation is. That, that, are, that we are dead spiritually, and when we, when, we are, when we experience Jesus, we step over from death into life. So God, we just thank you so much, Father, Emmanuel, God with us, that you became flesh and dwelt among us. That, that it wasn't a religious deal, it was an invasion of God on the planet. And Father, thank you that you stepped into our humanity and you paid for our sin and you crossed over from the glorious wonders of heaven to experience the pain and the the, the temptation that we all walk in every day. You, you, You are a high priest that knows what it feels like to be like we are and yet without sin. And yet in that, you love us anyway. God, thank you for the crossover of Christmas. Would you explode it? Would you impart it into our minds that it will change how we live? Thanks that you came. Thanks that you died. Thanks that you rose from the grave. And now, God, would you just impact us with life's our prayer in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen, Amen, man. That's the deal. See, listen, what we've made Christianity in America is a Sunday morning event. Has nothing to do with our real lives. It doesn't. And that's not what Christmas is all about. We live in now in a post-Christian America. You do know that, right? It's a post-Christian. Fewer and fewer people, if you just stop, especially you ask grade school kids, what's Christmas? How many of them would really know? Well, that's when, G- that's when we celebrate. It probably wasn't December 25th, but that's when we celebrate the, the birth of Christ. It's the advent. It split a B.C. and A.D. No, they would say it's Christmas and Frosty and Rudolph and all that because we live in, a, in a, an America that has less and less biblical knowledge. And so what do we do? We want to get the real story. So we're going to walk through Matthew and Luke this this morning together, there are some similarities. Again, they tell the same story, but they come from two different vantage points. 
Luke is a Gentile, Matthew is a Jew, Matthew comes from the, you know, the lineage of David, Luke comes from a, another vantage, and so they're, they're, they tell the same story, and yet they both give us different details. So we're going to walk through some of that of what happened the first Christmas. So if you've got your Bible, open to Matthew chapter 1. And by the way, because we put it up on the screen, very few people bring their Bibles anymore, Right? Right? If you've got a, a real, a real not, your, not your iPad, your iPad, if you have a real Bible, would you hold that up? Okay. Okay, we got 1,200 people in the room. Okay, here's the deal. And listen, I'm not fussing. It's okay. You got it on your iPhone, you got it on your iPad, you click it. I, I walked them on the screen. But this is the deal. See, when my grandkids get old, let me tell you what I'm going to give all of them. I'm going to give all of them a Bible that I have worn out. Are you with me? I've got a devotional Bible that, that in January 1 will be my third year through that Bible. My grandkids' names are all through it. I pray for them. I write stuff on every page, and I will wear that Bible out, and I will put all three of my kids already have a preaching Bible that I wore out. Let me tell you, you want to give your kids something great? Give them a Bible that Mama and Papa have worn out. Does that make sense? So I want to bring your Bible and just take notes during church. Just take notes. Every now and then I might say something good. Oh, did he say, wow. You need to write that down when that happens so infrequently. All right, so let's look at number one, the crossover in relationship. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, which is, which is to be engaged on steroids. Because we, we don't think anything about giving the ring back and breaking off an engagement, do we? We just don't. This was an engagement. It was a whole nother level of fiance. Uh, they had betrothed to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name, for he will save his people from there. What an, just an incredible story. Now, this all took place to fulfill what was spoken through the Lord by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and they called his name Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah. They called his name Jesus. Now, let's think about this. You know, God walked every day with Adam and Eve, right? And then Adam and Eve ate of the tree they weren't supposed to. They sinned, and now there's a separation between God and man. So God had not really been with man like this since the garden, and then boom, on Christmas, God became flesh, miraculously, spectacularly. He's back. He has invaded humanity. He is, he is moving. He's moving into hearts. It is incredible what God did. Emmanuel, God with us. God loved us so much that he came and dwelt among us. Christmas is grace breaking through and God crossing from heaven to earth. It is the great crossover. Are y'all with me? It is the greatest rescue mission 
ever, ever perpetrated anywhere in the universe. It is God saying, I've lost them. They walked away from me. I'm not going to let it happen. I'm going to send my son. I'm going to invade humanity. I am going to rescue them from who? Themselves. And every now and then, do we not need to be rescued from ourselves? Because can we not all step all up into some stupid? Man, come on. I am the king of swimming in the stupid pool. And so God, God had a plan to rescue mankind. There's no backup plan. There is no plan B. And, and, when, and when we understand Christmas, when we understand a new relationship with God, then we now are enveloped into the plan of God's redemption rescue. Every day I pray for us. God let faith promise church, every promiser, reach our full redemptive potential. Now, we're going to baptize just short of 700 people this year, which, by the way, is less than we baptized in 2016. Now, did God not want to save as many people as he did in 2016? We, as a body, did not do all that we could do. Is that fair? Is that fair? So in 2018, we're going to see revival because we are all going to step up and step in. Does that make sense? We are all going to do our part. We are all going to work. So, so what we've got to do is not be afraid. When the angel shows up to, to, to Joseph, to Mary, to the shepherds, every time an angel shows up, the first thing you have to say is, hey, don't be afraid. If a glimmering, shimmering, heavenly being shows up in your bedroom, you're going to be afraid too. <laughs> Amen? You're not going to dance around and hoo-la-la, you're going to hit the dirt. <laughs> and so don't be afraid. Listen, don't be afraid. Get involved in what God is doing. You say, Chris, you don't realize how my life is messed up. You don't realize all that's going on. Get in. Dive in. Come on. When I walked down the aisle at East Lake Baptist Church, having been saved for three days as a drug addict with track marks still up and down my arms, I dove in and said, I don't know what I can do, but I'm here. Put me in the game, coach. Does that make sense? Put me in the game, coach. I want in. Did I know anything? No. I had never, listen, I couldn't have found Genesis in the Bible. Because I didn't grow up in church. I didn't do Bible drills. When I went to church and the pastor said, turn to, everybody had a Bible back then. We're talking about the dark ages, the 80s. <laughs> I would open that Bible up and I would look and look until everybody else stopped and I would quit. Had I found it? No, but you can't look anymore. <laughs> and then I found an index. <laughs> so he would say, turn to, turn to Matthew. I go, index, Matthew 782. <laughs> I got it. I'm here. Does that make sense? Come on, dive on in. Let's go to Luke chapter 2. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth there in Bethlehem. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and she laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there was some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were terribly frightened. Wouldn't you like to YouTube this? I mean, just say, hey, you go to Google, shepherds, in the field in Bethlehem, and boom, there it is. Oh, my goodness. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. There they are, for behold, I bring you good news. I have great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is going to be a sign for you. You're going to find the baby wrapped in cloths and laying in a manger, a feed trough. Feed trough. See, they, they, they cleaned it up. God, it's religious. Little fat naked angel babies. You know what I'm talking about? No, it was a cave or a barn with a feed trough. I would say a hog trough, but they were Jews. They didn't have pigs. And suddenly, it's just true. That's not a, no bacon. Thank God for the New Testament. And suddenly, and suddenly, pork chops. Have, have you ever had a spare rib? Are you hungry? Aren't you glad you came to church today? All right. And, and, and suddenly, and there appeared an angel with a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, peace on earth among men whom he is well pleased. Aren't you glad that I can beat the guys on the screen? See, if you memorize the word of God, it's just incredible what you can do with that. Now, I was reading, if you're, if you're still in the Bible reading plan with us, we're in Revelation. We're in the Minor Prophets. We're in Psalms and Proverbs. And I, and I was reading John's account of what he saw in heaven. And he said there was 10,000 10,000. So I just got my calculator out. That's 100 million angels. I thought it was going to be a billion because I'm not good with math. 10,000 times. There was a, a hundred million angels. I don't know how many were on this deal. But, man, they're, they're all this. And they are, they are talking about the glory of God and the kingdom of God. And see, what happens if you get Christmas, it changes your worship. Because worship was something Old Testament that they did, but it was through the priest. And I can't go to God. There's an intermediary. It's the priest. And he's got to kill an animal and all that. Now I've got access. God has come and dwelt among us. I have access to the Father. And it is incredible. These shepherds are called out of a field. Most likely, really very close, are the same field that God called David out of a couple thousand years before to become the king of Israel. And in 2018, we're going to tr take a trip. I'm taking the first 50 that sign up this October, and, and we will go to those very same fields. We'll go to the cave in Bethlehem, where it's either the exact cave or very close where, where Mary actually gave birth to Jesus. It's incredible. So it's awesome. Now, this first Christmas, what happens? Outsiders are invited in. See, for us, our Christmas tradition is family and friends. But this very first Christmas, outsiders are invited in. These shepherds are in a field. They're invited to come and see what God has done. And I don't, I don't know what field you're in. I don't know what field you live in. I know Gideon was in a cave when God called him. I know Moses is on the backside of the desert. You may be in a field of misery. You may be in a difficulty. You may be walking the best days of your life. But we are called to come and see encounter King Jesus and then go and tell others about him. Are we not? Now, maybe we didn't have an angelic choir, you know, shining the light and singing on a hillside. But let me tell you what God did call you. God called you his friend in John chapter 15. God called you a watchman in Ezekiel chapter 33. God calls you family. And what God calls you? Calls you out. No question. So don't be afraid of taking good news of great joy and the peace of God. Don't be afraid to invite people. Don't say no for anyone. You say, well, I'd invite so-and-so, but they'd never come. There was a time that people thought the same thing about you. And look where you're at. 
You're right here. How'd that happen? Because of Christmas. See, Christmas changed our relationships. It changes how I relate to my wife. It changes how I relate to my kids. It changes how I relate to you. Christmas changes relationships. Does that make sense? We are not like the world is. We can love when people don't love us back. We can have joy in the midst of pain. We can have God prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. We can walk with the joy of the Lord when all the world is going to hell. Why? Because God came on Christmas. Luke 2, 15 and 16. When the angels had gone away from him to heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, in the Greek it says, dude, let's go check this out. We, we got to check this out. Let us go straight to Bethlehem and then see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary, Joseph, and the baby as he lay in the manger in the feed trough. When they had seen this, they made the statement which had been uh, told them about this child, and all who heard it wondered at the things that were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart, meditating. The shepherds went back, what? Glorifying and praising God. The shepherds left the barn. They left the cave worshiping, didn't they? Anybody that comes and meets the King of kings and the Lord of lords leaves worshiping. Does that make sense? We leave worshiping, praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told them. Man, listen, when we experience him, it is incredible. Now listen, you may not have had a Holy Ghost light show in an angelic choir when you were called, but what God has done in your heart if you are born again is just as miraculous as what he did for those shepherds on that hillside 21 centuries ago. Do y'all believe that? And what do we do now? We spread the word. See, we are born again. It changes our relationship. You were anybody saved in the house? Any campus, come on. You cannot be saved from something without being saved for something. You are saved from your sins for God. Again, that's why I'm just so incredible. Man, I don't want you to get this again. Don't start the devotion in the Bible plan. You say, I tried that last year, Pastor. I didn't make it. Okay. Does that mean you can't do it in 2018? Come on. Are you going to live a failure? Are you going to forget the past and move into the future? Anybody with me? Grab one of these. Get ready. Get your growth plan. Get ready for 2018. See, let's, let's, let's take this worship. And see, it's not just one hour a week. We take this into our private time. We take this into our small group time. We take this into our workplace. Man, listen, worship is the way of life for believers. Let me give you Romans 12, 1. I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Has anybody in this campus or any campus experienced the mercies of God? Anybody experienced God's mercy? All right. So here's what we do about then. Those that experience the mercy, but to present your bodies a living and holy what? Acceptable to God, which is your <clears throat> spiritual service of what? See, worship is not, it's not once a week, it's 24-7. And I was meditating on this passage, and this is what the Lord spoke to me. See, when you think of sacrifice, let me tell you what you think. It means I'm not going to spend all my money so that I can give some. That's sacrifice, right? I'm not going to, I'm going to hold back on my calendar so that I can serve some. That's sacrifice. It means I'm going to do, I'm going to do without so that I can give. Does that make sense? That's not what the word means. When Paul spoke to the first generation in that Roman church and he said, you're a living sacrifice. You know what a sacrifice was to them? It's something you gave to God and killed. 
They brought their lamb, their ram, their goat, their bull, their pigeon. The throat was slit. They were bled out. The body was laid on the altar and it was burned with fire. That's what sacrifice means. And that's why the American church, we've become part-time Christians. Because, see, we think sacrifice, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a quiet time. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to worship. See, that's what believers do. No, no, you are to live your life as a living, he had to say living, holy, hagiatzo, which means to be set apart for God. Your life now, you live it as a holy sacrifice, laying every day on the altar for God. Does that make sense? The reason most American Christ followers miss the joy and the purpose of God is because they believe that's a Sunday deal. They think their job is just where they're provided. Your job is your mission field. Your neighbors are your mission field. Your ball team is your mission field. Your purpose in worship of God is to live your life as a living and holy sacrifice unto God. Does this make sense? Come on, I'm a Christ follower, not an hour a week, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Matter of fact, many of you, can I be honest, man, I love you so much, but there are people that work with you, if they found out you went to church, they'd be, they'd be stunned. You know why? Because you don't act like church. Matter of fact, you know what, many of your kids tell our student pastors, I don't know who those two parents are in that room that are called my parents, those two adults. But that's not how they act at home. My dad screams and yells all the time. My mom and dad fight with each other. It's pandemonium in my house. And they come to church and they act like they got it all together. Are we talking to somebody? Come on, is anybody getting this? See, Christmas changes your relationships, your everyday. What happened on that hillside, miraculous as it was, God is doing something miraculous in your life right now. And he wants to do it 24-7. You just decide, I'm going to be a living sacrifice. Does this make sense? You just got to decide, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to walk. Jesus crossed over, we cross over. Christmas spectacular, we're crossing over. Luke 2, 19 and 20. Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart, meditating. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. They're worshiping. When you meet the Lord, you worship. Mary's response was meditation, it was treasure, it was pondering those things in her heart. What's your response to meeting him? See, it changes, it changes our relationships. Christmas does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It, 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 it changes our worship. And then let me just, let me just, I got a whole third point, I'm going to give it to you in 30 seconds. If you're ready, say I'm ready. It changes your leadership. See, if you go to Matthew's gospel, Matthew says, Matthew talks about Quirinius, the governor of Syria. He talks about Caesar Augustus, the, the ruler of the world, of the no world at that time. See, and people say, well, he's just establishing the point in history. No, he's establishing what we call today a game of thrones. There's the leader of the world. There's the leader of the region. There's also, by the way, of the, of the lineage of tribe of David, a Messiah that's coming, which is Jesus. So now there are three thrones. There's the world throne, there's the regional throne, and there's the eternal throne. Who are you bowing your knee to? And if I could be so bold and honest, real people, raw and real, some of you are bowing your knee to the God of the world. It's all about me, it's all about my, it's all about getting more. It's all about more square footage, more horsepower. It's all about more decimal. It's all about more. Are you with me? We bow knee to the God of this world, and we wonder why I'm so consumed. I'm so stressed out. I don't have any rest. I don't have any peace. But Christmas means joy to the Lord. 
It means joy, joy to the world. The Lord has come. And, 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 and this message of peace, why well, don't I have any peace? Because you're bowing your knee to the wrong God. See, I'm bow, let, me, let me tell you, my life was racked until I bowed my knee to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I'm going to tell you what, man. Listen, you say, well, I don't want to bow my knee. You're going to bow it sooner or later because the word of God says, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You can bow now or bow later. I'm bowing now. Anybody with me? Man, I'm surrendering, sacrificing, living, worshiping. He's my leader. He is not just the king of eternity, the king of heaven. He's the king of my home, king of my marriage, king of my heart. Is anybody with me? And so now some of you, man, you may have been religious. You may have come to church, but you have never bowed your knee to the king of eternity. If you're ready, he's ready. So if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus, turn your back on your old life and, turn and, and, and face a new life, he's ready. So right now with every head bowed, every eye closed at every campus, we're going to pray this prayer aloud with you, this simple prayer of faith. Pray this with us. Dear Jesus, <clears throat> I know that I've sinned. I know we're separated. Forgive me. Come in my heart. Be my Lord. Be my King. I surrender to your Lordship. Have your way in me. Use me. Today, this week, and forever, in Jesus' name. Now, before you look up, let me ask a question. If you just prayed that prayer with me and you meant it, you gave your heart to Jesus, would you just raise your hand? Just slip it up. Oh, my mercy. My, okay, you can put him down. Come on, somebody give God some praise for what he just did. Wow. Wow. And can I tell you, hell is hacked and heaven's happy. And I love it when hell's mad and heaven's happy, don't y'all? Man, that's the way it's supposed to be. So if you just gave your heart to Jesus with us in front of you, as a communication card, pull it out, put your name, cell phone, email, check the box. I pray with the pastor. If you're online campus, if you'll click right there, you can fill the card out or you can go to the chat room. Somebody's waiting to pray with you and walk through. Fill that out. Right now, just pull it. Again, guess who would fill it out. We're not going to come beat on your door. We just want to follow up and see how we can add value to you and help you take your next step. Great thing, if you haven't been to our Next Steps experience, is sign up for it for January in 2018. January's close. This year's almost over, baby. I'm ready for a great new year. Does that make sense? So, so right now, we're going to watch a, a brief video, and then we're going to move in our generosity. And when this video's over, campus pastors, you've got it. Let's see some of what your generosity is doing.